The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 5 O'Clock Hours here. We got kickoff of a lot of college football. Man, I, I totally forgot. You know, I was scanning through the numbers. How many FCS games for college football there were going to be today? There's this like 11 is, games tonight. So crazy. Yeah. There's there's so many games and then Brad Powers comes on and Brad works Brad works on college football 11 and a half months a year and then he takes a couple weeks off and then he drives to college football stadiums. That's his vacation. He was just on with us and uh you know I was like, "Oh, you, you know, random game. You know, you, are you on the Valpo Youngstown State game?" He's like, oh, "I'm on it." Like every game we ask him about. Yeah, I'm on it. FCS betting. I mean, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. No, I'm all right. You're all right. Yeah, I'm good. You're all right. What do you got going on in your, in your uh, UConn game? Plus what, 14.5 against NC State? Yeah, plus 14.5, opening drive touchdown, second drive not as successful. It's kind of weird. Um, Fagnano on a third and four decided to go with like a – looked like a fade or a corner route, like pretty far downfield. I mean, obviously, you don't need that on a third and four. But the best part was, uh, name escapes me, but former main head coach, now offensive coordinator for UConn, was him giving not a death stare – but looking at Jim Mora Jr., like, we're going for this, right? Because it was a fourth and four inside NC State territory, and Mora Jr. decided to punt it away. So NC State's got the ball. It's tied up seven apiece, 141 left to go in the first on their own, eh, we'll say like seven-yard line. Are there some games tonight? Because there's marquee games coming up right now. We got Nebraska, Minnesota, Utah, Florida. Is there a game later on that you're interested in? Because I I do want to find Arizona State on TV against Southern Utah. I I am I am morbidly curious. Well, first off, want to watch Rashada. That's going to be interesting to see him and his start, um, and then just see where this program is at at this yeah. point. Like how fired up are they going to be throughout the whole season? Now that the rug got pulled out from under them by the administration. Yep. No bowl game this year with 50 transfers in. Kenny, I, I like what I've seen from the coach. He's he's a fired up guy. Um, he tried to. He wasn't obnoxious about trying to move past it, but it's like, hey, let's try to make as much positives out of this as possible. Our players are disappointed, but uh, he's definitely not whiny. Yes, which I like. I don't want to hear. And and by the way, he shouldn't be whiny. He just got the job, so he better play the game. Uh, pretty young along, too, right? along, yes, Kenny Dillingham, yeah, down from Oregon. But he better play the game with the rest of the, you know, with the admin, his bosses, because they made the decision. Like I, you know, imagine if he's like, this sucks. These guys are idiots. Like, yeah, can't do that. I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. Like, it, it, there's a morbid curiosity, and you know they're what they're thirty four and a half point favorites tonight. <sighs> Sorry, thirty four. It's just it, I always dread this when I look on the the game chart and I just see P A C N. Oh, for yeah. the TV, mother. Well, we don't have to worry about that for. I know, but I got to worry about it this year. It's the best conference in the country when it comes to quarterbacks. I'm very interested yep. in watching all these games. They have a freshman quarterback in Jaden Rashada who committed to Miami and then Florida. I think I don't know what happened. NIL guys there were like, "Hey, we got like six million dollars for you." Then that fell through. He mysteriously lands at ASU. Now they ban the team from a bowl game. I and mean, he's a, you know he's a long term uh, pro prospect. Was a top ten quarterback in the country. I want to watch him play. I'll send you a link. Oh, be careful. Be careful. We to saw, my totally valid Pac-12 okay. network subscription. Okay. All right. Yeah, because we saw a big uh, – there's a big to-do made yesterday that uh, a lot of the leagues are, you know, again saying, hey, we're going to friggin' crack down on this streaming stuff. They claim they're losing 
a bunch of different professional sports leagues are losing something to the tune of like $28 billion a year. So it's DeMond's fault that the Pac-12 is actually falling apart. I don't know what DeMond does, and DeMond should not say what he does. Tell you what, man. I don't know how they're losing $28 billion because they've cracked down enough. I've I've heard uh, (laughs) – you've noticed that. Um, I've only heard of one case where someone was gotten after they were bragging on air about stealing TV, and it was a long time ago. Do you remember this? No. It was on the Imus show, and I don't even know if this guy is doing radio anymore. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, who's a lunatic – by the way, buddy's with uh, that the Carton dude who went to jail for fraud. Oh, okay. Um, and now I'm blanking on the other Good cat's guy. name. But anyway, back in the day, they all worked at uh, – God dang it. There's a guy, Scott, who works at ESPN LA and has a San Diego station. Um, it'll come to me in a second. But they were, they were three buddies uh, back at CBS Sportsline. And anyway, uh, Sid became like wacky sports guy on the IMA show, and he just starts bragging about it. He's like, he's like oh, yeah, I, just, I, have, the, I have the cards uh, for DirecTV. I just program them. Have a little programming thing and you know pop them in and Scott Kaplan, Scott Kaplan, yeah. Uh, but Sid Rosenberg's like all good to go. I'm like you're on Imus in yeah. New York and probably fifty other stations around the country. You're screwed. He was screwed. I mean, the most brazen. They, they, I don't know if they actually like went through the whole process or if he just paid a fine. But but Directv heard it and they're like, wait, what? You're like, I'm sure they know right. stuff was being stolen. But like, you're going on national radio and bragging about it. Get him. Yep. I will say. The most brazen I've ever got, I bought, I don't know what UFC card it was, but it was one I was very excited for. But they had a lot of streaming issues where the whole thing crashed. Oh, whoa, 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 okay. Whoa, what? Good enough. I get, I get where you're going. That's it. That's all you need to say. Well, I was going to tell you that. I actually like, tweeted out publicly. All right, I'm done. Give me the link. And I got like, <laughs> I got, like 20 DMs immediately with all sorts of links. So Okay. Uh, Sid's current, uh, the update on Wiki, which is not always accurate, He's hosting Sid and Friends in the morning. Hmm. Why not just go with Sid and Company? That's it. It's such a good name. And Friends. And Friends. It's doing a lot of work there. You're assuming uh, everybody comes on as your friend. ABC in New York. So, and he's now fifty. Ooh, he's old. No, he's not. Uh, he's fifty-six. So, I hope some of the demons that used to get him have gone bye-bye. He's a wild guy. Okay. He's a wild guy. Got kind of wild dark. Guy. Well, I'm just being like, if you go on the air and you're like, ah, I'm stealing Directv, <laughs> like. You can't freaking do that. Honest I'm gonna give me suckers. Yeah. What do you say? Honest, Honest mistake. <laughs> well, that's not the way it works. He's like nobody's listening. Hmm. So I uh, will check in with the New York papers, mostly the New York Post because it's uh, it's wacky. Um, did you see the bill at a restaurant? This happens often, but you know when you get the receipt, and, I, and I'm referencing the bill, a lot of times they'll have something written on there to describe the customer. And sometimes it's it's really insulting, and people actually read their their check, and they're like, "Wait, why did you call me this racial name?" Okay, right. So people have gotten in trouble for that. I've never heard of this one. Um, and you know, I mentioned that restaurants are, there's weird surcharges all over the place now, and Vegas is it's getting bad in Vegas, where if you don't look at your bill, right? There, I mean, it's 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 nuts, man. Um, at a restaurant, someone had a surcharge. On the receipt, and let's see, fried chicken, uh, 18, carbonara, 26. Side ice cream was 3 bucks. You're an a-hole. Costs 15 bucks. They actually put that as an itemized deal on the receipt for 15 bucks. I feel oh, like- no, here's the great thing. Birthday comp, minus 10. Yeah. 
They, they gave him a, a birthday comp. But then I guess the server got really mad at the person was like, here you go. Do I do this? Do I ruin the fun? Do it. Was it fake? I mean, it's not fake entirely. Okay. It's the name of a mixed drink. No. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So it goes on the receipt as you're an a-hole. Wow. It's the name of the drink. They got me. Does yeah. it say that in the story that I look at the receipt? It, well, no, it in- says it in the Reddit post uh, that it was no originally way. posted to. Yeah. What is that drink? I have no idea. But apparently uh, it was a, uh, a cocktail. Um, said the name was you're an a-hole, Mr. Burton. And that's how they have to put it on there, on the receipt. Oh, wow. That is the name. They of the got drink. me. They got me, but no, I was good. I, I was going somewhere. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's good, go and also, I, I was going to say, you can still go there. Also, as somebody who used to work in the service industry, I think it is everybody's dream to flat out call somebody to their face in a hole. Right. Or like, for in your case, it would have been like cookie straw D. No, but I mean, I've for, gotten For in, $7, because I know the cookie straws were the bane of your existence at Starbucks. No, you always say that, but I actually never had to deal with them. I thought you had to fight someone. No, I fought so I now- they kept stealing them. They I kept almost, taking them. They thought they were No, free. they were literally taking- Everything else, okay. like napkins and stir sticks. Old people are the worst, man. They steal everything. Um, no, I got into a fight with a guy over. He asked for a tall iced coffee with extra cream and extra like, and four packets of sugar with sweetener, and then came back and told me he couldn't taste the coffee, and then asked me like why I can't do my effing job. And I Ooh. this is great because it was my first customer at seven in the morning, and I kind of leaned in because none of my bosses are around at that time, and I go, I know how to do my effing job. You don't know how to order coffee. I'll remake it. And I took it from him. He's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, yes, I can. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I just did. Yes, nobody's here. Like It was I, one of those. I, I want to like, see your manager. Yeah. Not here. Nobody's here to hear you scream. Like yeah. so You can come here's, back later if you want. Here's the website. Yep. When I was a manager at Big Five, I would love to say I Wait. am the manager. Yeah. Wait, oh, what? I was a manager at Big Five. Oh, that's oh, good. that is really yeah. good. Because And then you're at that time, you must have been pretty young. Yeah. So they assume there's no way. Yeah, it was great. And then you're like, I am the manager. So go. File your complaint. Yeah, no money to talk to. I wish you. I wish you worked there still. I would love a discount. Part of the training in Big Five is it to check people out as slow as humanly possible. Like, is that (laughs) is that what everybody has to do? Is that what they're told? This hour is brought to you by the (laughs) fine folks at at Big Five. Um, Yeah, I don't want to take any shots. I had an observation as well, but. Their computers run on like Windows ninety five still. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, basically. So that's what it is. The computers. When you, when you have a keyboard that also has the card reader in it that you have to slide back and forth like four times, like you know you've got to do an update. Okay. Ready for this one? Yeah. And I wasn't saying okay, just to move on. <laughs> I think you were. No, I wasn't. No, because I because it's a great setup for this one about service. I don't go to In and Out and I hear it, it's awesome. I hate lines. I hate yeah. lines. I just I will not wait in lines. Um, I. And I also I don't really like burgers that much from fast food joints. Nothing against them. Um, I got, I was gonna say I'd rather go to a restaurant and get one for like nine bucks. You can't do that either. So now they're like seventeen. But I you know I want it done the right way and so on and so on. Um, arguably the busiest in and out in the country is the one that is the at Tropicana, right there where the Wild Wild West was. Yeah. There's now another one going in. Right down the road at the Owl. Right across the street. Right across the street by the two Terribles. I drive by it almost every day. I love that intersection every day except game days. Right? You can zip through it. It's a it's not it's not the fastest alternate way, but you need alternate way. Right now you do, right? To get through Trop and L V Boulevard, you gotta snake around on Russell or Hacienda. 
That new in and out is opening soon, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's coming up. I think. Well, you know, what, what did I say? And then I think it comes up on Thursday, right? What, yeah. are, they, what are they expecting? Because uh, I I always forget. The, is it Procyon or Polaris? I always forget the name that runs by. I believe it's Polaris. Yeah. Um, I mean, when it goes past that light going south, then you're just dealing with some hotels. You know, a little parking back there. What is going to happen? Or can we go glass overflowing here what? that, hey, there's another one right down the road. So maybe they split up the action a little bit, and both will actually not be that busy, or am I being ridiculous? No, I think so. I think the In-N-Out has potential to be – it's very boomer bust is what I think it's going to be. Really? So, Well, because if you think about like that little corridor where it's at, yeah. like you're talking about the Owl, you talk about the Chevrons, and then when you go up on Russell, obviously it's uh, you know the adult club, the Crazy Horse 3 and all that, and then there's a couple of bars up the road, but it's not like – in between weeks, it's not the busiest intersection in the world. Right. So I think those days are going to be fine. But man, game day. Yep, game days are going to be crazy. If you work there, and I know they they pay those people a good amount of money. It's always been a really good company. I mean, is what what do you do to beg off Sundays? Or is it, are they going to be like? No, you want to they, work. They're going to be Sundays. like, why? Oh, I mean, I, I think. Am I wrong? Do you get tips at In and Out? I don't know. I've never tipped at In and Out. Okay. Because that's but you're not you're not a good example of uh, I don't I don't okay. know man that that's very true okay are you yeah. generous with the tips? I'll give you an example. I was at a bar this past Sunday with some friends, and we were laughing. I felt like the the waitress thought we were laughing at her. So you know I tipped I tipped like an extra twenty dollars because I felt like we gave her a hard time. What okay. I don't believe this story I at got all. True story. Wow. Okay. Sorry we we were making fun of you. Here's Impressive. twenty dollars. Yes. You know how good of a tipper I am. <laughs> Where I, you know, over at the South Point, every once in a while, if I need a Red Bull, I'll tip a dollar. How about okay. that? All they do is open the can for me. Okay. Dollar. Here you go. I make sure they see it, too. Game days are going to be incredible. Yes. After, so, after the game? I, I take Drunk it fans from both teams? Oh, I mean, it's going to be wild. That, and then, oh, well, I mean, the spillover after the, you know, the Raiders after party that happens up the street, and you come over, need some grub to fill up the belly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. I... You know, I said this when they, the designs were you know coming out to build in that area. I can't wait until it's redeveloped. That really should have a whole restaurant and bar district. Oh, it's, I mean, I think and it's on the way. And, yeah, I mean, that's, this is one of the first things. And I know Terribles has some sort of uh, kind of dinner club, supper club with extra parking, you know, like 600 spots above it. So it's, start, it's starting to happen. Yeah. But, I, that, but that bur- the burger joint being there, whew, crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's kind of why I'm excited. Like, the potential of that area is going to be really good mm-hmm. once they actually start to build it up. But selfishly, on Sundays, when I'm heading home around that time, when the game's let out, man, I just that, – that that 15 intersection to get on the I-15 from Russell is already a nightmare. Ooh-hoo-hoo. That whole area, I just – I don't even know what I'm going to do anymore. It just affects me. I don't know about anybody else out there. It just affects, affects me. That's, that's what we do about. on the show. Yeah. We, of course. Uh, Jelly Roll in town on Friday. Uh, big breakout. Country music star has a background beyond that. Uh, back road baptism tour. 7 o'clock start. MGM Grand Garden Arena on Friday. Tickets at AXS.com. Jelly Roll is in town. And right now, demon has got two tickets. Call her 7364-1100. We got NC State and UConn Sevens. In Thursday night college football is the the full slate is up this week. We got some scores on uh, what do we got on uh, Nebraska and Minnesota? Anything on Utah, Florida yet? Uh, yeah, Utah opening uh, first play seventy yards touchdown. Bryson Barnes dime. So <laughs> I mean, this is Woo! 
it is pretty fascinating because, and this is why the betting market is so weird and interesting. So for those who haven't been tracking this the whole time, Utah was originally about a 9.5 and a 10-point favorite. We get the news that Cam Rising is probably not going to be ready. So as the offseason went along, that number steadily dropped. At one point, it got to as low as 4 in favor of Utah. But the odd part is, and it's not entirely odd because it's the angle that I wanted to take here, the second the news became more official that Cam Rising was not going to play, the market started to actually come back and settled in at 5, 5.5, which is where it closed tonight. So thus, like again, kind of what I've been saying for a while, which is, Cam Rising's good. He's maybe not worth that much to the point spread. Mm-hmm. And at least early on, you saw that Bryson Barnes does have something here because it was a pretty nice pass downfield, 70 yards and a touchdown. When I say it was a 70 yards, the ball went 50 of the 70 yards. So, All right. Uh, Nebraska and Minnesota rock fight so far, 63 yards combined total offense. About halfway through the first quarter, zeros to this point. Every week we get a chance to talk to uh, Michael Felder, who's a – National College Football Insider for Stadium. He does the Learfield show, College Sports Now. He's got his newsletter that comes out three, four times a week. It's Felder up at Substack.com. Started off the conversation today looking back at last week and what Notre Dame did against Navy and uh, asked Mike if he liked what he saw. Yeah, I love the fact they threw the ball six times over 20 yards for – and they threw it to wide receivers, not to tight ends. And that's the part that stood out to me because that's what you have to do. If you want to win in the playoff, you want to beat Georgia, if you want to beat Alabama, you want to beat LSU, you want to beat Ohio State, you want to beat Michigan, you have to throw the ball to your wide receivers because that's the edge that you get, right? It's a 50-50 ball. Worst case scenario in many, in most cases, you get a pass interference call, which gives you a free first down, and then you keep playing football. So that's what I'm looking forward to watching. Sam Hartman has had multiple 1,000-yard receivers in his in his day, in his days at Wake Forest, so if he can get that at Notre Dame, that's going to be interesting because I don't need a tight end to be my leading receiver. I need to stretch the field. That's going to open up the run game for them. Yeah, I started looking at some of the receiver numbers and uh, where these guys are from. And one, they're big. Uh, yes. That's an important thing. But uh, you know, Jaden Thomas is a young guy out of Atlanta. Great House is a Texas guy, Austin, Texas. Actually, a really yep. good basketball player at uh, Westlake. So if those guys develop. They got something here, and their defense, you know, Navy was running the ball pretty well. They weren't efficient in the red zone, but uh, they shut them down on the ground in the second yeah. half. Yes, they did. They adjusted. So, they got it done. That's what Marcus Freeman does, so let's do it. Let's see it. So how geek up do we get about them, though, because uh, they have an incredibly tough schedule? Schedule's really tough, and that's what my buddy said to me. He's like, there's no way they can get to the playoff with that schedule, but if, US, if they keep throwing the ball like they did, if they can continue to stretch, USC is going to give up big plays to them, which means they can probably beat USC. They got to play Clemson, sure. Maybe you drop that game to Clemson. That's fine. Well, we don't know what Clemson's going to look like either, and we got to see them on what Monday night against Duke. So that's going to be interesting to see what K. Klubnik really looks like for real. Because I don't trust Clemson's wide receivers as far as I can throw them right now. Because they're a group of guys. They don't have a Sammy Watkins. They don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have a Mike Williams. They don't have a Deion Kane. They don't have a T. Higgins. They don't have that guy right now, and they're still they're still looking for him. So I think Riley Leonard and Duke have an opportunity there, but. To go back to Notre Dame, so Clemson's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, they got to play USC. I just and they play Ohio State as well. I think if they can win all their games and they split in some way, shape, or form between, if they can go one and two, one and two against Ohio State, USC, and Clemson, this is a team that's probably going to end up in the playoffs. Wow! Does Brent Venables 
and Oklahoma have the players on defense. By the way, they're laying 35 and a half against Arc State, and they're not good, but that's a big number. I think they have the guys. It's about these guys doing what they're supposed to do, and that's the big key for me. I think Venables came in, and I think that they didn't want to listen to him, and I, I, I based that on kind of the residuals from Alex Grinch, right? Where Grinch let guys do what they did, and he was like, that's fine, do whatever. We're, we're watching it at USC. We just talked about it at USC. And so I think Venables, he's, he realized he got to tighten. Venables got to get those boys tightened up. And that's going to be the part that's going to be interesting. It's not about the players for them. They've got guys that can play. This is about them tightening it up. And Venables, I think he, he hangs his hat. He prides himself on playing good, tight defense. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I'm going to get your, I'm going to get your behind out of the game. And so I'm going to see if that happens this year. That's what I'm looking for with Oklahoma in this first month of the season. I'm fascinated by Iowa to start the season. Uh, the kid is still around as the OC. Uh, they've got a gambling scandal. I heard Ferentz, uh watched him last week do whataboutism. Like, hey, we got caught, but what about everyone else who's betting? I'm like, I, yeah. okay. They have a quarterback issue right now because Cade McNamara sounds like he's very questionable. Uh, they're playing a, a Utah State team that has experience at quarterback and had a good second half last year. And it looks like Iowa's going to play a kid named Deacon Hill who has bounced from – Santa Barbara to Wisconsin, a quick commit to Fordham, and now he's at Iowa. He is 6'3 and 258 pounds. I can't wait to see this guy. I Listen, I want to see him too. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I think Iowa, listen, we know what it's going to be, three yards in a cloud of dust, right? Lean on these guys, get heavy. You recruit all those, mid, those corn-fed Midwestern boys to, for moments like this where I don't want to have to overthink it. I just want to hand the ball off. We're not going to do anything special. And then they're going to be getting geared up for Iowa State a week from a week from this weekend. So I just it's yeah, the gamble. The what about is what about is as you mentioned, is interesting because I mean, this guy, he feels like he's Teflon. Right. And he's had multiple scandals, the drug house, the rabdo, obviously gambling like he's hit a trifecta and he's still somehow the trifecta hits the slots for him. Yeah. Where he still keeps winning. So. We'll see how this shakes itself out. And, um, but, no, with Iowa, I definitely want to see this quarterback. Yeah. And I also want to – I want to, I think they're going to live on defense and running the football. That's the reality. Because they just want to get the next week and hopefully not lose when they play Iowa State. It's Felder at Substack.com. is the newsletter. Michael Felder is with us. I'm going to pull something from uh, last right up. And don't okay. get shocked. And I can't use the language. But everyone out there, slow the F down. Yes. Um. You and I both have gray in the beard, so maybe this is why we notice stuff like this, but I've always noticed it. You uh, pointed out, man, people, when school starts, freaking relax in the cars. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's near and dear to me. Like I went to, I, went to, I, go to, I went to a high school that I go to. I went to a high school that's on a kind of a semi-main drag, Monroe Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. We lost multiple kids during my time in high school, and then it keeps happening. I drive my kid to a school that's near another school that's on Park Road, near another main drag here in Charlotte, and they have a memorial. They have multiple memorials up. Same thing wow. with another school that I pass that has memorials up for kids that have been hit by cars. And it just leave earlier and go slow. Like it's, I bought a slow down man that just like I literally set outside to have people slow down. Like there's kids at bus stops. There's kids that are walking to school. And one of the biggest things that my dad ever taught me was when you're driving, it's your job to take care of everybody else on the road. It's not just about being aware, not just about defensive driving, it's to make sure that like you take care of other people. And I think that just 
it's an important message to send because we and I listen, I'll say this. Shout out to Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. They um, after day one of school, they were like, OK, we got to monitor Park Road near South Mech. We're out here. They had two motorcycle cops. They had a couple cops in Ford Explorers. And they were like, we're pulling everyone over. Nice. Because we got schools here and we don't need another kid to get ran over. We don't need another a student drive a kid that's like like listen, 16 year olds are terrible drivers. But what we don't need is you not paying attention and hitting them. And we also don't need them hitting each other. Michael Felder is with us here on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas, college football expert from Stadium, host of Learfield College Sports Now. Boy, uh, I like what you said about taking care of each other. Um, football players, ex football players generally take care of each other. Yeah. Mm, unless you watched what Tom Luganbill did to Deion Sanders in a quick video during the week. Uh, Luganbill played the game. I respect him, and I don't really disagree with what he said, but, man, he freaking battered Colorado. We've talked about Colorado before. I mean, this is yeah. – is it, is it a really uphill climb against a rebuilding TCU team? Like, how far behind from a roster standpoint are the Buffs and Deion? Man, I was watching – did you see the Michael Irvin video? Oh, yeah. Why did Michael Irvin look so much bigger than all those players that had numbers in the 60s and the 90s? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not – I'm not. it's not a knock yeah. on them. I'm not putting a knock on them. I think, listen, if they're going to be good, they can be good. We'll find out if Prime can coach. We'll find out if all the minds that he brought in on offensive defense are good. I love Dion as a defensive backs coach. I think he is one of the best to do it. Like, obviously, he's one of the best to do it from playing standpoint. I also think he's a really good, like – he imports information to defensive backs in a way that most people cannot. He talks about things that I never even thought about. And I, I fancy myself as a defensive back expert, but he talks about guys' stance and how they line up and chest up versus shoulder slump and arms here and arms there and what you can do to them with all those things. And that's little minutia in the game that matters. I don't know if he's a good head football coach for, for one of these, like a team that's going to be in the Big 12 next year. So we'll see what happens. But the big thing for me, all these transfers and, he brought 10 kids from, uh, was it Jackson State? Brought 10 kids in with him. Great, fantastic. 10 kids. Roster's 110 kids. You bring in 10 kids that play together already, bring in some other, you bring in 80-something transfers. At the end of the day, these kids got to play with each other. And that's the part that gives me pause because I don't know what that looks like. It's hard enough to get 25 freshmen to be on the same page in a regular recruiting cycle. The idea of bringing an entire new team. You're in Vegas. Can you imagine if the Raiders brought in? What's the same? The percentage here would be, what if the Raiders brought in 40 new guys? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. You'd be like, what is this? What are we doing? And that's what they're trying to do. So, yep. obviously, Travis Hunter is going to be interesting. Uh, Shadur Sa uh, Sanders is going to be interesting. But at the end of the day, these guys all got to gel. These guys, every one of these guys transferred to play. Transfer a senior, you're, and you're second on the depth chart. You're like, what are we doing? Because yep. I brought, I came here to play. I think you bring up one of the most important points, though, and that is the size and physicality. And yeah. listen, uh, you know, following UNLV, they had a lot of turnover, and I was watching the O line transfer market real closely. It was hyper competitive. So yeah. you can have all the skill players you want, and on the back end of the defense, be really good. Yep. But if you don't have offensive and defensive linemen, by the way, who are old, like bringing in freshmen who are two seventy, it's just there's a different there man go. strength on those lines and. When you're competing sometimes against 22, 23, 24-year-olds, you can't coach that up. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. They put the paws on you, and you're in trouble. And that's – TCU does have that. So when I look at TCU, the big thing for me is I know they have to, they have to replace more talent than they've ever lost in one year. 
Uh, like, I'm not saying they haven't had talent because they absolutely have, but to replace it in one year, that's tough. And so they have to deal with that. And they have to deal with this is what year three, I think, with, with a new, new coach, year two, year three with a new coach. And they're still figuring it all out. So I'm looking forward to watching this all shake itself out. I actually get to talk to Landry Burdine, who's their sideline guy, get to talk with him tomorrow. So, which is going to be cool. So get a little more insight into it. But man, this is a team that knows who they are. They know what they have to do. So I'm looking forward to this football game. It's going to be really interesting. How big is North Carolina, South Carolina in your area? A primetime matchup of quarterbacks, too. It's huge. It's it's a big deal. Like it's it's sold out. My buddy uh, Miller Yoho actually uh, helps put the game on for the Charlotte Sports Foundation. So the Duke's Mayo kickoff classic. I'm excited about it. I am looking forward to watching um, what this looks like. I think I think South Carolina is going to win. If we're being quite honest, I think they're going to win. I think they have a better football team. I think Drake May might be the better quarterback, but Spencer Rattler is going to play his behind off. And so this is going to be a really interesting one. And what people don't realize is South Carolina is closer to Charlotte than Chapel Hill, okay? It's closer than Raleigh. It's closer than Durham. It's closer than Greensboro. So with the exception of Charlotte UNC fans, everyone else has a shorter drive from Columbia and from Greenville to Charlotte than the UNC fans. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes itself out. It's, I don't know, it's a game where we get to see um, Beamer really do his thing. In South Carolina, they're feeling themselves. I don't know if you guys, I follow them, like I watch them on social media. This is a team that's very confident coming into this year. They are having fun. They are doing their thing. This is going to be an interesting football game. Should we be on upset alert? Old Dominion, VTech, VTech is laying 15 and a half. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know they're one and two against ODU in the last three times they played. One and two. So three times. Two of those times, I believe, ODU was an FCS team, and they lost to them. Then they beat them one time. And so we're looking at this as like, if you lose this game, you might have to show yourself the door. Interesting matchup on Sunday, and there's games on Sunday. Yes. Oregon State's at San Jose State. So, one, uh, Spartans already have a game in hand against USC. Two, I don't think a lot of people around the country know that uh, San Jose State has been working on their stadium, and they built a whole football and athletic facility. They blew yeah. out the stands in this 1923 stadium. So that place, I, they don't get good crowds, but it should be rowdy. And then there's the other side where I think a lot of us are rooting for Oregon State kind of left by the wayside in the, the Pac-12 split. And a lot of us want to see Oregon State roll and actually compete to get into the college football playoff. Wouldn't that be dynamite? Hell of a game. Yeah, I, I love it. DJ Uyunglele. I like Bing Goldberson, by the way, just, just for the record. I like Goldberson. I think he's a really good quarterback. I thought he's, he showed himself very well in the games that he started at the back end of the season. But DJ Uyunglele is who we expect to play for Oregon State. Uh, this is a team that's explosive. They play really good defense. Their numbers are completely off the chart in terms of you shouldn't be this good with how – okay you were and then defensively you're like oh this is where they make up for it. their defense was really good when you get to san jose state what's the kid nick nash is an absolute hoss love i him. love that dude yep. he's so good and he embarrassed usc embarrassed them multiple times so this is a good football game and here's the thing with when it comes to san jose state remember they had one side of the stadium set up so all we got to look at when we were watching those games was the construction <laughs> on the other side. Yep. And so now we get to see it kind of 
put back together. I'm very excited about that. Last two minutes with Michael Felder. Yeah. Make sure you sign up for his uh, newsletter. It's Felder at Substack.com. He's part of the Learfield family as well. Biggest game of the weekend on paper, two-and-a-half-point spread, LSU and Florida State. Ooh. What do you think? I love this football game. I love – I like Jane Ding. I love, first, let's start with this. I love Jordan Travis. I think Jordan Travis in the ACC is an absolute monster. He's got a team around him that can win. Their running back room is unbelievable. Jared Verse on the defensive side, uh, Akeem Dent on the defensive side, those guys make plays. LSU, though, I think they've got a better head coach than Brian Kelly. And I think that's a huge difference maker. And the biggest reason for me that that stood out was I was watching some Jaden Daniels because I hadn't done much Jaden Daniels, right? I talked about what Alabama's room is going to look like. I talked about uh, what's going to happen with, with, with the ACC's quarterback, with Travis and Klubnick and Drake May. But I hadn't done much on Jaden Daniels. I started to look at Jaden Daniels and, man, you watch him play. The coolest thing for me is they run five-man routes. Now, there are only five guys on any play that can touch the football that aren't the quarterback, unless you're doing like a ski or whatever. But five guys can touch the ball. You have two wide receivers, one wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, whatever, and they get all five of those guys out. When you watch most college football, what you're going to see, and I hope folks listen to this, because when you watch most college football, what you're going to see is you're going to see three, and you're going to see maybe four guys go out. Running back stays in the block or tight end stays in the block. Uh, you're going to see teams that run a ton of half-field reads. So even though you have guys that in theory can run, these guys don't matter because all the quarterback is doing is looking over here. They run five-man routes, true five-man routes, where Jaden Daniels goes one, two, three, four, back to this. And he's hitting guys. He's playing this. He understands how this all works. I think it's a really good marriage between him and Brian Kelly. You are the best, man. Uh, juggle all of it. Enjoy the college football this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. You take it easy. Sign up for Michael Felder's Substack. Really good stuff. Just seven bucks a month. Well worth it. And he's also a very uh, well-versed guy in a lot of topics. Uh, he does do college sports now on Learfield. He does do a lot of video work for Stadium. He is – we have to put out the official rankings of all of our chefs here. You're not going to be insulted if you're like fifth, sixth, or seventh, right? No. Because we have Mark – Felder's ridiculous. I think I mentioned to you last week. He's like a, he's also a baker, uh-huh. but he also he puts in a lot of his. You read the Substack, right? Yeah, I think I think he'd give Mark a run for his money. Ooh, I think he can. Like he does, he does some crazy stuff. Like, like he's one of those guys you'd see uh, Guy Fieri go to a restaurant on Triple D, and one of the big things on Triple D is guy walks in and then he finds out that this you know. This small mom and pop restaurant is like they don't like buy any you know gravy in a can or anything like they like we make everything, and I've seen when uh, Felder starts talking about what he cooks, I'm like he he goes like soup to nuts beginning to end making the stuff. I'm like this is crazy, loves it, loves it. So it's Felder at Substack, and uh, you can see him all over the web. We'll uh, we'll retweet a conversation of uh, or tweet out a conversation that we had with Mike, and also show you some of the other stuff. But really good on college football. Really good guy, and you could hear his the joy in his voice there. Because uh, while I like Chicago, that's a rough place to live. He's actually a North Carolina guy. He's a Charlotte guy. He played cornerback uh, at North Carolina, so he's back home. So he's really, really fired up. Uh, giveaway time: three six four eleven hundred, three six four one one zero zero. Caller number seven. This is another chance to win him before you can buy him. You can buy him tomorrow. What are the tickets? Farner. They're doing a farewell tour. It's called the uh, Feels Like the Last Time Farewell Tour. A residency at the Venetian next year 
We got tickets now, though. You can buy your tickets tomorrow, 10 a.m., and that's when it starts, Ticketmaster.com. But go see Foreigner. Two tickets available right now from Demon on the phones. Call her 7364-1100. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big up, Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Let's close it out with a strong 10 minutes here in the grab bag. Cofield and company, John Von Tobel's in, Damon is in. You know, I wanted to mention real quick, um, I don't know. I don't even know how we do this, but uh, I'll say today's show is in honor of Gil Brandt, right? If you don't know who Gil Brandt is, legend in the NFL. And, you know, one of the behind-the-scenes guys that a lot of people know if you followed 60s, 70s, even into the 90s football. So Gil passed away at 91. Uh, I was listening to a conversation on Sirius XM on their afternoon show on their uh, NFL channel, and Mike Ornstein called in. Mike was a longtime exec with the Raiders, so he was telling a lot of Gil stories. Um, Gil's one of those guys who worked in the era, John, when NFL scouting offices were not 20 people. Right. It was like five, mm-hmm. right? And he was the essentially the GM, but really the director of player personnel for the Cowboys starting in the 60s. He's one of the guys who located all of these awesome players for the Cowboys from the mid-60s to the mid-80s. And, you know, if you look back at the rosters of the Cowboys, and that now they've produced so many Hall of Famers, a lot of the guys were not like household college names. He dug up some megastars. Uh, because they just outwork people. And, uh, you know, the story that Ornstein was telling today was Gil was one of the first guys to kind of put together, come up with the idea of the combine, right? Because expenses, you know, they weren't – the budgets weren't what they are now um, for teams. So it was their idea, hey, let's try to get several teams together, a bunch of teams together. Let's have a bunch of the prospects in. So, And he was one of these guys who – he transitioned to the media, right, as an NFL insider. Um those of us who worked at Sports Fan Radio Network back in the day, and Sports Fan was a network from a national network, really before ESPN came along and Fox Sports came along. Uh, Sports Fan was one of the networks, uh, one of the national networks, and we were on all over the place. And to be honest, Gil brought legitimacy to this national network because he was such a figure in the NFL through the '90s, and he was just he was just awesome guest. It was a slow pace. He had a Southern accent. But he had stories going back, and he's one of these guys, like even into his 60s and 70s and early 80s, his memory, you know, his storytelling was awesome. Um, I think I'd have to uh, – yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how I would look back. I guess I'd have to go back and get – I believe it or not, I still have tape from doing radio. We put the shows on mini disc. That was one of those uh, audio devices that was short-lived. But I think I did the 97 and 98 or 98 and 99 drafts with him Um you know, was, I think I was like a second. He was the mm-hmm. analyst, and I forget who the who the one was. But uh, great guy, and uh, really well respected around the National Football League. So uh, he had a hell of a run, and then he the last man like fifteen years was an integral part. Anyone who listens to the NFL channel uh, on SiriusXM knows of Gil Brandt because he was on shows all the time. He was on the night show. So sad to see that happen. And I know a lot of the the Sportsman Radio Network alums. Um, I'm sure Bobby. One of our producers has memories. I know JT the Brick sent something out earlier today, and then a lot of the guys that we have on who are uh, SFRN alums. So sad day for Gil, who was a really big contributor across a lot of different radio stations and programming. So sad to see him go. Best nugget I, I read about Gil Brandt, 
obviously did a lot of great football stuff. Yeah. Worked as a photographer who specialized in newborn babies. Is that right? At the beginning of his career when he, when he was a part-time scout for the Los Angeles Rams. That's one of those things where he would tell you that and you'd be like, what? Yeah. Huh? It's pretty cool. Hey, he was also a mega, mega follower of basketball and the NBA. It was a hardcore – I don't even know how he would follow it because when I talked to him on football, I was like, how the hell do you know all this stuff? Nope. And remember it going back 40 years, Gil. All right, so college football – we got 7-3 game early in the second quarter with Utah leading Florida. Mm-hmm. Nebraska and Minnesota. Again, I don't really have a rooting interest in that one. I'm not – Thrilling affair. Yeah, I'm not a, not a Nebraska fan uh, and certainly not a Captain Sweater fan. P.J. Fleck. Who, Keep rowing. Who, who thinks, thinks a lot of himself. What's going on in that one? 3-0. Uh, 11-30 left to go in the second. Okay. Market was all over that game under. Seems like it might be right. Closed 42 and a half. We've got three points with 11.30 left to go in the second. Okay. Go in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, I saw a story that you sent over today. Is Zach Taylor going to continue to be kind of surly and prickly about Joe Burrow in week one? What's going on here? We didn't want to commit to Burrow in week one. Like the, we, we, know, we know that he's going to play in week one. He's back at practice. They have a week in between games or in between now and the game. He's going to be in the game. Stop trying to be cute. Let me do it. Let me do it. Grow up, kiddo. Oh, I can do that now. Yeah. I can do that. I mean, you've been okay. able to do it for the last couple of years. All right. Don't laugh. <laughs> I like how like, okay. now it's like some change. Okay. Ready? So I will admit, um, and everyone knows I am a Jets fan, but I have just as much interest and I get just as passionate about rooting against other teams their coaches, and oftentimes the fan bases. So, all right, Zach Taylor, I've had enough. You are now number five on my list of NFL teams that I hope stink and I root against. Okay. You're, they're, they're number five. Number four is Denver. The fans there are pukes. Um, they got very spoiled. This is what happens. NFL fans just like, hey, we're, we deserve a great quarterback. Like, no, you don't. And and what you're going to hear is a lot of my Jet fandom. Like, you had that ringer story you sent over to Mon about the rankings of the Jets quarterbacks. This was just going back to, like, what, 90? Yeah, 1990. How many quarterbacks was it? It was 42. There we go. Ranking 42 different quarterbacks. When you don't have a quarterback like the Bears, have never really had a quarterback, you know how miserable your existence is in the NFL? And the Broncos, and I know there was a gap, a long gap between Elway and Peyton Manning, but they stepped in with Peyton Manning. And Elway, and Elway was, it was instrumental in getting Peyton Manning. Um, like team organizations don't realize, like or fans don't realize how lucky you are to get franchise quarterbacks and have them around for 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, Patriots got that way. Patriots fans got that way because most of the Patriots fans that were the loudest and the most obnoxious, like they weren't around in the 70s. They're not like, oh, I love Steve Brogan. Oh, did you? You love Tom Brady, and you got 20 years out of Tom Brady. So anyway, five to one. My uh, the teams I'm rooting against this year: Bengals. Denver, of course, the Patriots are still on the list. The Chiefs fans have gotten unbearable. You can't say anything critical about the Chiefs, nothing. And my number one team is the Packers, and it might be forever. And I know now I'm really vested in this with Aaron Rodgers. The Packer fan base is completely delusional and out of control. They pissed and moaned and badmouthed both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers when they moved on. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Seriously. I'm going to keep saying serious. 1994-95 was when Brett Favre emerged. Aaron Rodgers just played up until 2022. It's 28 years. 
Must be nice. Right? Well, you had I a mean, run, but oh, you got screwed. I got, you're a Colts fan. You had Manning. Then you're going into Andrew Luck, and then Luck's I, like, you know what? I don't love football. I'm rich. Screw it. I'm done at 30. Which is good for him. Um, but no, I, but the difference is I understood the incredible run that the Colts were experiencing and was very grateful for their, those Who men are you? and their sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I just, I, I'm, I am blown away. But I, I, they already did it. I'm blown away by Packers fans who are like, yeah, that was enough of Rodgers, man. He was getting oh. pretty obnoxious. Well, how about, how about this one? A Milwaukee bar is running a promotion on Aaron Rodgers' losses. On nights Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers loses, uh, the bar will pay your bar tab. You know what? Up yours, up yours. The whole market, Milwaukee, Green, all of Wisconsin. You spoiled. I, I've, who was the guy we had on for the Packers? Uh, for the Packers pod. Peter Bukowski. It, when, when, uh, he had a great line. It was like, ah, oh, you know, Packers fans are kind of getting tired of on third and threes, the checking out of plays and go routes. I'm like, yeah. he was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You were, were getting tired were they, of it. Were they tired of, like, freaking <laughs> mental telepathy on right. back shoulder throws? Yep. Always on the mark? One of the greatest. Getting back- tired. Getting tired, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, that's, that's enough. Enjoy Jordan Love. Enjoy it. Well, he's going to be great. But. No, he's not. He's always going to be better yeah, than I mean, Justin Fields. You're measuring Fields. him against Justin Fields. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to be great. I think he's going to be great. Oh, I hope the Packers are a five-win team. But Jordan Love threw a billion touchdowns and their defense stinks. Yep. I'm but in. here's the thing. I hope the Packers are a five-win team, but I hope the Cardinals have such control of the draft and have the number one and two pick that they're able to draft a quarterback and then trade the two pick for another team to draft Drake May. And Caleb Williams and Drake May are off the board, and the Packers still can't solve their quarterback situation. You deserve it. Keep rooting against Aaron Rodgers. Let's see what we do this year. Keep rooting against him. My guy Aaron.